Welcome to the Raising Them Ready podcast. Here we encourage and support parents who are doing the best they know how to raise their kids to become confident, capable, and kind in what feels like a half-crazy and often unpredictable world. I'm Jonathan Katherman. I'm a family man, career sociologist, and best-selling author who believes our children's greatness tomorrow begins with good guidance today. Today, our conversation is about mentoring. Parents, you should absolutely be the most important and influential person in the life of your child. After you, a trusted mentor can provide guidance outside your home that complements, magnifies, and adds to what your child should be learning in your home. Joining me in today's podcast to discuss how mentoring matters is my good friend, Taj Spencer. Taj and I have been in a mentor-mentee relationship since he was a student at the University of North Florida. We were introduced by another good friend and colleague of mine, Dr. Matthew Olson. As director of the Taylor Leadership Institute, Dr. Olson introduced Taj and I because of Taj's desire to be mentored as a writer, entrepreneur, and emerging young leader. Now graduated and living and working on his own, Taj is a poet, a published author, motivational speaker, and mentor to a half dozen teenagers in an after-school youth mentoring program. So welcome to our five years in the making conversation about how mentors matter when raising confident, capable, and kind kids who need to hear from someone in addition to mom and dad about their value and potential in life and how to get there from here. Okay, Taj, let's talk about mentoring. Mentoring. Yes. I've had like a very long experience with mentors and mentoring. My first mentor, his name was Mr. Mack. Mr. Mack. Mr. Mack. I met him uh, when I was working for a summer camp at the Faith Center. I really don't know how we got going, but he asked to meet with my mother. I guess he just saw a lot of potential in me. And uh, I guess he just wanted to be the person to provide some extra resources or, you know, another perspective to kind of challenge me throughout that time. You know, at first it was kind of weird because I was like, uh, bro, I barely know you. <laughs> like, Who are you? You know, like, why should I trust you? But just him with the rapport of my mother, you know, my mother is the first person, the first line of contact. So if my mother was on board, then I, I could feel a little more safe. Uh, so the first time it was like all three of us. And then the second time, like we went and got some food and he would just ask me like, you know, what do you want to do about your life? You know, like he'd ask me things that uh, kind of make me think about my passion or my purpose or the things that I wanted long term. Just even having those types of conversations really helps me expand the way that I viewed my own life and, you know, why I was here. Um, it kind of helped me develop a, a sense of mission, although it didn't last very long. That was like the start of it, Mr. Mack. That was over, what, 10 years ago. And you're yeah. still remembering Mr. Mack and yeah. the investment he made in you. Yeah. And I think it was important that you said that your first introduction was to your mom. Yeah. And so when Mr. Mack was saying, hey, Taj, I see something unique in you. I like to invest in that. Your mom yeah. got to be part of that filtering process to see if this was like a good fit or not. Just because someone invites you to be a mentee or a mentor doesn't necessarily mean it's the right person. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. So, so what made Mr. Mack the right mentor? For he was you? genuine. He was genuine. That, that was probably one of the bigger ones. Finding a mentor is probably not as easy as people might think it would be. Mm -mm. Finding a mentor needs to be based around someone who's genuine, where there's levels of trust, that there is oversight, and there's structure. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's a good space to just be like, hey, I'm going to hang out with kids. That's not mentoring. Facts. Your mentor was in a structured space with permission from a parent, 
but provided you with what? What was the big takeaway from Mr. Mack? Uh, the biggest takeaway from Mr. Mack was that he provided me with a confidence that I didn't really see before. It's one thing when your parents tell you that they believe in you or that you're special or that they see something in you. Um, but it's almost like, well, you're my mom, you're my dad. Like, I hope you say those things about me. You better you know? say that. <laughs> you better say that. But if there's something else about when someone uh, who, who you don't really, ha- who doesn't owe you anything um, can come to you and, and tell you that, hey, you know, there is something in you that I really think is very special and that you can make a huge impact on the people around you or on the world. Um, and I want to help you get there. Hmm. That's, that's something so different that gave me confidence in myself to be like, wow, like maybe I actually do have something to offer. Um, not only to just my own life, but to the lives of those around me, um, to my peers, maybe to my family. So that, that was something that really was the biggest takeaway from, you know, that, that short time with Mr. Mac that I knew that, okay, there was something inside of me that I could tap into that could be a difference maker in my world. What were some other mentor experiences? Coaches, Uh, teachers, coaches, teachers. Yes. That's so good. Um, I have two, one of them, my mother's brother, my uncle Cleveland, he, he might not consider himself to be one of my mentors, but I consider him to be a mentor to me. Um, throughout my time in middle school, he definitely provided me a space uh, to talk to him about things that I probably wasn't able to talk to my mom about, or I felt like I wasn't able to talk to my mom about. And he was also one who was asking me questions that I didn't hear from my father. I didn't hear from my mother. He was the one who was able to kind of challenge me in ways that my parents, if my parents would have asked me, maybe I would have had an attitude about, or maybe I'm like, I don't want to talk to you about this. Oh, you have a girlfriend? No, I don't have a girlfriend. What do you mean? Like, but if my uncle asked me, you know, there's, there's somebody I might have a crush on, you know, I was much more able to be open uh, with him. And through that, uh, he was trying to give me as much wisdom as possible so that I don't make the same mistakes that he made. And that was when I learned like a, another gym uh, throughout the mentoring process and just throughout my life that, hey, people's stories are powerful. You do not have to fall into the same traps or have the same turmoils or issues and problems that they did because you have the chance to listen and to learn from their experience and that kind of shifted my whole perspective so if i really was going to make an impact we're we're expediting the process just a little bit because i'm not running into the same walls well and a good mentor as your uncle and as mr mack were they taught you they don't make these mistakes, but they also certainly they provided you opportunity to repeat good patterns. This yeah. is what's worked. Try it out. This is what doesn't work. Avoid it. Yeah. Put on some deodorant. That works. That works. I remember my first mentor uh, taught me how to shave. My dad had already introduced it, me to it, you know, but, but I paid attention because I was in a group of guys. There was like four or five of us boys. We were probably 12, 13 years old. And we had uh, two mentors that met with us every week. 
And we just kind of went through boy stuff, guy stuff, becoming men stuff. Sure, there was a sharing of don't shave the wrong way. That would be the don't do the wrong thing. And yeah. here's the right way to do it. And sure, we can learn from their experience, but inevitably, you know, going to cut my face anyway. But yeah, but not just not just about you know life skills like like the how tos, but there's that relational component too, where we're learning how to interact with um, older, wiser people. Yeah. And I think that as a parent, I want my kids to have experiences with others that are complementary to what I'm offering them at home. So when I'm looking and saying, oh, my kids have a good mentor, a coach, someone in the community, maybe someone from a church or faith group, then that's a, that's a great compliment to me as a parent. It gives me a reassurance that I'm not the only one sharing yeah. and teaching, but there's this other other individual committed to them as well. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing because if I'm a, if I'm a dad or a mom and I feel like why does my kid need to have a mentor, like I can I can help them, you know. But like, there's nothing wrong with getting a mentor because they're able to offer things that we might not have the resources for. Like y'all are on the same team, you know. It's like a community. It takes a village. You yeah. provide for some parents what they either can't provide for themselves and or they're looking for someone to complement what they're teaching their kids. Yeah. And the kids that are under your mentorship look up to you and value you in a way that is different than a parent. Yeah, it doesn't take away at all from what you have going on as a parent, your relationship as a parent. If anything, it's, it's supposed to add and multiply to your child, to your investment. I think that it's important that parents, you get to know your kids' mentors. Anybody who's committed to vesting time and teaching in your kid's life, you need to be part of knowing who that person is. Finding a mentor can be done in any one of a number of ways, but the expectations we have for mentors need to be pretty clear, I think. One expectation yeah. is I need to know who my kid's mentor is. Yeah. And secondly is, you know, how often do we meet? How often do you meet with the kids that you mentor? I meet with them every day after school, uh, about five days a week for about three hours, three to four hours a day. So you're getting time with these kids for about 15 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah, that's a major commitment of investment of, of time, talent, treasure into the lives of these kids. Yeah. And think about it too, throughout the week. I mean, the parents have to go to work. The kids have to go to school. Maybe the kids are up at six, seven o'clock in the morning. The parents are gone. So the teachers and the mentors and myself have so much more access throughout the week and so much more influence throughout the week on these kids than their parents do because they're not in their face during the week because they're at work. And so as a, as a parent, I'll push back on you a little bit there because yeah. if we're in right relationship with our kid, it should be a saturated value whenever we get the time, but you get more time. And, yeah. and the research is clear. Unfortunately, parents only get to spend about five hours a week with their kids, undivided attention, FaceTime. Whereas you as a mentor are spending up to like, what, 15 hours a week with your mentees. Yeah. That's three times what the average parent gets to spend with their child. Yeah. So for you to have all that FaceTime, that's an extremely valuable investment in my child. It'd be good as a parent to know who that mentor is. Most definitely. What about boundaries? I mean, okay, so I know who this is. Should my kid just be able to call the mentor anytime they want? Anytime, oh, you know, no. you're te <laughs> texting back and forth? I mean, what's oh, no, no, no. Um, one of the biggest things, especially just working as a mentor, is the biggest thing is safety for us, for kids and, and the mentor. We like to practice the rule of three. We are never with the kid by ourselves. If we are, and it's a one-on-one -on -one time, we are in a public space. Everybody, their mom and their auntie can see us. 
and there's no question about anything. Um, so when we do have that mentoring time or when I did have like, it's different when I was with my uncle because that's a family member. Family member. Trusted but family member. I tr- yes, a trusted family member. Um, but like times when I was with Mr. Mac, Mr. Mac was not taking me to his house. We yeah. were out in a public space or at other times, my mother was there with me. There is a rule of three. So although you might have a lot of trust, just to keep the child safe, yourself safe, we always want to make sure that we are doing things out in the open, out in the public space. Especially if your child is a minor, it's critical that you practice safe time spent together. Where, how long, with who. Now, Taj, you and I have been in a mentoring relationship for going on five years now, but we're both adults. So when I fly to Florida and we get to spend time together, we go out to a restaurant or we're driving the car and it's different. That's, that's adult mentoring. It's professional. It's academic. It's not an adult with a child. We're two adults. So parents, if you're looking at getting your kid into a mentoring program, be sure to assess what are their policies for safety. No, no room for question. Yes. No room for question. Mentors should be one of the safest people on the planet for your kids to spend time with. Yeah. Let's talk about interests. Oh, yes. If a child has specific areas of interest, it's fun to look for mentors who share those interests as well. I mean, that's how you and I got connected. Yes. yes. You're interested in writing, and I'm an author. And we were in the same leadership institute, and they said, you got to meet this guy. Yeah. Like, I was like one of those go-getters. If I I knew I needed something or I wanted something, I, I would... I would do whatever I could to ask questions and, and to co-do so. When Jonathan and I became mentor, mentor, when we just first introduced ourselves, I remember I was like, okay, I, I want to be like a leadership coach. I want to be a mentor. I, I want to be an author. How do I make a living? I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that looks like. I went and I, and I asked uh, my, our leadership institute and I was like, hey, these are the things that I like to do and these are the things that I love and this is what I want to do for my life. Do you know anybody who does these things for a living? <laughs> like, I need some direction. And Dr. Olson was like, yeah, I, I know the perfect person for you. And it's been five years in the making now. Definitely, definitely, definitely look for somebody who is in that field, who is proficient, you know. Um, so you want to make sure that they are a really great fit in what it is that they do so our child can get as much wisdom and knowledge as possible so that they can continue to grow um, while they are growing. And it's got to be a symbiotic relationship in that as a mentor, if I'm constantly doing the pursuing of the mentee, then it doesn't feel like it's the kind of give and take relationship. It's not that that in-step relationship. So as a mentee, what I've appreciated about anybody I've committed to mentor is that they have a level of investment in in this relationship. They're committed to, if I say, hey, I want you to read this, or you got to practice that, or give me your insight next time when we talk, I want to hear some input from you on whatever it is. They've got to commit to that. So parents, if you've got a mentor for your kid who's saying they need to consider adding this to whatever it is they're doing, hear that and, and do the best you can to help your kid hold themselves accountable to complete that. By doing that, a mentor knows their investment is respected and valued. Yeah. The relationship of a mentor-mentee is a, is a shared relationship. It can't be yeah. one-way, cannot be directional from the mentor to the mentee only. That That is the most, probably one of the most uh, important things that you want to make sure that you have, especially as the mentee, um, like a true, a true want or a desire or a passion for, for that type of direction because... If, if it's not there, then it, you really do miss out on a lot of 
connection, a lot of growth, and a lot of relational aspects that is necessary to have a, a, a successful mentor-mentee relationship. And a mentor-mentee relationship can be formed around a variety of interests, whether it's athletics or it's arts or it's the outdoors or it's technology and computers. It's really about how an older, wiser can share with a younger learner. But it's true, though. Um, I, there was a lot of things that I probably didn't know existed. There's a lot of things that I was exposed to uh, that benefited me, just like the knowing what it's like to be an author, um, knowing what it's like to go through a writing process and, and get published, or knowing what it's like to genuinely just work in a field or see another perspective of someone's life um, in ways that you probably didn't see before as a mentee, because then it lets you know, wow, like, this is possible. I, I can do this myself. As well as if you're young and you're inspired by a mentor, that may be temporary because your interests may change in a year or two. And that's, that's an important thing for mentors to recognize also is that we're not trying to produce little mini-me's. Not trying to yeah. reproduce our own experience in somebody else. We're hot. we're there simply to help guide them in the discovery and development of who they're supposed to be. Yeah. Let's talk about what parents should look to avoid when seeking a mentor for their child. And I'm thinking specifically about um, lack of structure. We mentioned this yeah. earlier. Or inconsistency of time together would be a concern. Yes. Um, a lack of accountability would be a concern. Yeah. What do you, what are, jump in here, throw in some more. What else? I'm, I'm thinking of like, there, there definitely needs to be clear expectations throughout the mentor mentee relationship. Um, that should be something that you should not have to guess about. Um, so the discipline, the structure, the, uh, the, the accountability, the, the time spent, um, if it's like a wishy-washy type of relationship, oh, we're going to meet every Wednesday, but then Wednesday's coming and oh, something came up. Um, we, we might have to push it back. That's not the type of consistency that you would want uh, within that type of mentor-mentee relationship. A mentor relationship to avoid would also be the mentor who's trying to take over a position of first priority from a parent. The mentor is not a mm. parent. They should not call into question the role of a father or a mother. Yes. When the kids leave our program, um, us as the mentors, we are the ones who go, we talk to the parents. Uh, we have we build relationships with the parents because again this is a it's a what we're helping we're we're, we're complimenting. One of the questions I love to ask is how can I compliment what you're doing at home? Um, what is something your child needs to hear or needs to do that I can help you with? Um, are they not doing their homework? How can I how can I help you uh, to make sure I can hold them accountable with that? Right, I want to help reinforce the things that you are trying to instill. We want to make sure that we are not unraveling. The things that they are working so hard to instill in their in their child. Absolutely, parents. I also believe you need to let the mentor know what the expectations in your home are about topics that are specifically valuable to your family. You, as a parent, set the expectations for the mentor about what kind of conversations they're going to have with your child about things like sexuality or faith or money. Because in your home, you are the director. The mentor-mentee relationship is to be complementary to the parent-child relationship. Yes. I think also we need to recognize that we have to respect the mentor in their time allowance. Because I think you and I, there have been times where I said, man, this is a really crazy season for me right now. And we're not going to be able to meet as often as we had in the past. Yeah. And, and what I appreciate about you is you've said, yeah, man, I totally understand. I get that. 
And so parents, you may have to help your child recognize that there are seasons in everybody's life, including the mentors, that may have more time allowance and other seasons that have less. So we have to be flexible in that relationship and allowance of time. That's really good. Because even I can think as a kid, you know, oh my goodness, like I'm not going to be able to see like my uncle. I got, I'm so used to seeing him. My uncle was like, uh, he was in college. So yes, exams. Uh, studying all these things, a job that he has to deal with. And me, I, I, I get so used to being able to see him at a certain time. And then now you're like, wait, I can't see him anymore. This is not what it's yeah, life, like, life is happening. What? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand that because I'm, I'm a kid, but it's so good to be able to understand, to, to be able to communicate that like, Hey, you know, there's, there's a certain time right now. You might not be able to see him as much. It doesn't mean that that's not going to be a mentor. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to see him anymore. It just means that we might see him less for this season. Out of respect for his needs, just like he's respecting your needs. As, yeah. And again, that comes back to that communication factor. Yes. And I've seen some, I've seen some cases as to where that communication is, is not really the best. As I'd have some mentors come to the program to come see their child. They'd be like, yeah, I just texted his mother. Uh, she said he was going to be here and he comes and the kid is not there and they never even stepped foot onto the premises. And he's just like, wow, well, I, I left work early. I I'm taking my time to come out here and really invest um, into into this child. And they're not even here, you know, um, with so no communication the communi that they weren't coming. Yeah, with no communication that they weren't coming. So like that just it really just shows a lot of respect for. The kids' time, the mentors' time, the parents, like, it, it is something that should be definitely well communicated. And if that communication is not very good, um, either that's a, it's a, a, that's an indicator, like, there's something that should be worked on. Yeah. Communication should be number one. I think the cool thing about a good mentor-mentee relationship is even after it's formally over, perhaps, like because a program ends or a student graduates or they're no longer part of a team or they move away, time can go by and it's like no time had passed at all when the reconnection is yeah. made. I had a basketball coach when I was a, a freshman and sophomore in high school and I'd just be asking questions about you know the sport and like, how come I, I'm not really good at this? What can I work on? Stuff like that. And he'd be giving me some direction. Um, once I left the high school and years go by and I have him on Instagram, he's checking up on me. Hey, how are you doing? I see that you're doing this. How can I, how can I help you? How can I help you out, bro? I'm here for you. I want your best interest. Like, and it's such a powerful thing to see that although I'm not what 13, 14 years old, on his basketball team. Now I'm a, I, I'm grown. I have my own thing. He's doing his own thing that he's still here. Um, and I know that he's a shoulder that I can lean on because he's still offering his time. Like no, like no time has passed um, to, to grant me direction, to grant me wisdom uh, whenever, it, whenever I need it. That's good. That is good stuff. Well, Taj, it's a privilege being your mentor and your friend. And, yes. uh, and I'm thankful that we're able to share what a good, healthy mentor-mentee relationship looks like with others. And whether we're doing it on a podcast like this, you and I are going to be keynoting together at a conference coming up, standing on the same yeah. stage, holding mics, standing beside each other, talking about why mentoring matters. So yeah. when it works, it works really well. Very well. And I'm pleased that, that it's worked really well with you, man. You're a good man. Yeah, same here. Remember when we were uh, when we first started our, our mentor mentee relationship, and uh, you're we talking about goal setting and stuff like that. And I was up with you. 
and we were talking and I had to you know, talk about my experience about like getting a car and yep. stuff like that. Yep. Like, oh my goodness, such a while ago. And now I, it's a whole other position. I'm not student anymore at the university. Like now we'd be doing it together. Yep. Like I just, this is pro now. I think that's awesome. You've pro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my. So it is, as parents, Again, the kind of relationship that your your son or daughter makes with their mentor can last a season or a class or a summer or for a job. But if it's a good one, it can last for a lifetime. And so yeah. be looking for mentors to help your child discover and become all they were created to be in a way that complements you at home as a parent and what you're developing in your child too. As a parent, it is our goal that our children will have a better life than our own one day. And a good mentor is very similar to that. They want to pass on to their mentees, to your kids, every possible success and avoidance so that their mentee also will have a equal to, if not greater than experience than the mentor did. Thanks. For those looking for structured, progressive mentoring resources, check out our Men and Women in the Making Clubs. These life-ready skills and character development group mentoring clubs are built around our books, The Manual to Manhood, and The Girl's Guide to Conquering Life. You can download free Men and Women in the Making Club mentoring activity guides on our website or purchase bound copies from Amazon. Simply visit RaisingTheReady.com or search Amazon with the keywords Men in the Making Clubs or Women in the Making Clubs. If you're learning from and enjoying this podcast, please let me know by messaging us through our social media pages or email through our website. You can find, like, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Raising Them Ready Podcast and on our website at RaisingThemReady.com. Also, please follow and leave us up to a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions about topics or guests you'd like us to bring to the Raising Them Ready Podcast, please contact me through our Raising Them Ready social media pages or through the website. Again, Facebook and Instagram at Raising Them Ready Podcasts and online at RaisingThemReady.com. To learn more about raising your kids ready, be sure to pick up a copy of the Raising Them Ready book. It's available wherever you buy your print or audiobooks. There you'll also find our other best-selling life skills and personal development books for tweens, teens, young adults, parents, educators, and mentors. Thanks again for joining me in today's discussion. Now go and enjoy the day, knowing your child's greatness tomorrow begins with your guidance today.